What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell, and I'm the Women's Ministry Director at New Vision's Buchanan Campus. And today I am so honored and humbled to be continuing this study of Holy Week with you. These days and minutes and hours leading up to the crucifixion of our Christ. Today we're going to be reading from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 12 through 42. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. It says this, And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after the other, is it I? He said to them, it is one of the 12, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. 
And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. My betrayer is at hand. I so hope that you were able to hear the message on April 3rd. If not, I very highly encourage you to go find it online and to watch that. Um, Brady preached on this very um, passage, but from a different gospel. But um, man, so much going on in these verses and just this day. Can you imagine this day? This day that Jesus is experiencing so much going on here. These 30 verses cover these hours that are leading up to this horrific betrayal of Jesus. And every moment, every word, every verse carries such powerful symbolism, but also such real life intention, intimacy, and agony. Even though Jesus surely knew all that was to come, and he was experiencing a depth and intensity of emotion and of sorrow, both physical and, as Brady pointed out, relational. I mean, can you even imagine? He has so given himself time and time again and invested in these disciples and in in these relationships, and yet they still just didn't get it. And even in the midst of all of this, even knowing what was coming, Jesus did not forsake this holy observance of the Feast of Passover. This was one of the most sacred religious festivals for the Jews that commemorates that epic liberation of the people of Israel from Egypt. And just as Passover reminds the Jews how the blood of lambs spared the Israelites, the lamb himself would soon be shedding his blood and would defeat sin and death for all and liberate for eternity all those who believe. But at this point in the text, despite the ways that Jesus explained and and the um, persistence in how he tried to help them with this, they just couldn't fully see it or understand what was happening or what was to come. They continued to be shocked by what he was sharing with them and they were shocked by him washing their feet. Then he told them that one of them would soon betray him. He explained that he was about to die for them. And then he he instituted this first, um, what we now kind of call the Lord's Supper, and this this, um, opportunity to see how the blood and the wine represented his body and the blood of his covenant. And then did you pick up in that verse 26, such an interesting kind of side note that in all the years that I've been studying um, these passages and every Easter when we dig again into these words, I don't know that I have ever caught this before. But in verse 26, it says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Can you imagine this? We've just had this very intimate, this very special observance of Passover. And Jesus has just dropped some very serious revelations on the disciples. He's explained to them what's about to happen to him. And he's explained that someone here at this table will be betraying him. And then he showed them how to remember through the blood um, and and the wine and the bread, his body and the blood of this covenant. And then they sung a hymn 
and went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, again, I had never really noticed this before. And so as I studied it, I came to find out that this is an important part of the Passover meal and indeed many celebrations and observances um, which Jews have been practicing for thousands of years and even been practicing for over a thousand years prior to this particular event in, in time. And what those records tell us, this strong tradition of, of Jewish history holds that they would have sung from the Psalms as a part of these observances. That would have been a natural tradition within these observances. And while scripture doesn't specifically confirm that, we can see from the context historically and from the historical records that that was part of how they observed Passover and that some of the, the hymns that they sang were from the Psalms. And one of those would have been Psalms 118. Tradition holds that they used that particular song to end this observance. So I highly encourage you to read that full passage in the context of this day and these events that we have just seen unfold here in Mark and in the Gospels, and then to consider how they sang these psalms, Psalms 118 especially. Just let those words wash over you and consider how Jesus, fully God, fully man, must have felt to sing his own word with the disciples. Psalms 118.24 says this, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The passage ends in verse 29 with, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Can you imagine singing that as Jesus, knowing what was happening in the disciples around you, what was happening in the world at large, the enormity that our brains cannot even comprehend of this cup of wrath that was about to be poured out on him, this, this turning away of God the Father from Jesus the Son as he took on the burden, the weight of all of humanity's sin debt. It's just too much to comprehend, and I can't even fathom hearing Jesus himself saying, this is the day that the Lord has made, that he made, and that let us rejoice and be glad in it, to give thanks for God is good, his steadfast love endures forever. And he knew what he was headed to, and he knew the betrayal that he was about to endure. Even on this day, it is the day that the Lord has made. It is a day that needs to be rejoiced in. And it is a day that we give thanks to the Lord for, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And he was about to prove that in such a dramatic way, endure the deepest agony we could ever imagine on our behalf. And he's singing with the disciples, this is the day the Lord has made. He is good. His steadfast love does endure forever. And as we inch ever closer to our Easter celebrations, please don't rush this part of the narrative. Please think about how Jesus repeatedly and intentionally slowed down and took great care to instruct and teach the disciples, to prepare them for what they could not yet understand. And even in the midst of that, he showed them and he has shown us for all of our lives here on this planet, how we can grieve, how we take our things to the Father. Here he is in his last moments in such great agony before this betrayal, before this crucifixion, and he's at the feet of his father saying, not my will, but yours. What a demonstration for us about how much we should be doing the same. All these centuries later, these passages still have so much to reveal to us if we'll sit at the feet of his word and listen.
when all seems lost and the future is so overwhelming and too bleak and too broken to endure, take heart. His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is our strength and our song. How can you actively rejoice and be glad in the day that the Lord hath made, even this day? I just pray that the Lord will reveal himself to you, that you will see the great deep love of our Father and the great deep sacrifice of the Son, because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should have eternal life in Christ Jesus. I hope that you'll join us on Friday for a special Good Friday service at noon at the Battlefield campus outside in our town square. It's going to be such a special time. And then for our Sunday services, there's times at both Battlefield and Buchanan where you can join. Um, You can find all of that information at newvisionlife.com forward slash Easter. And I just pray that you, and you can also join online. So if you're not able to make it in person, I highly um, recommend that you check out those times and join us in one of those ways. Um, Easter is a very special time. Holy Week is a unique opportunity to remind ourselves, to remember, just as he calls us to do through the observance of communion and the Lord's Supper, remember his body that was broken for us. Remember the blood that was spilled, the blood of the covenant on our behalf. And then rejoice and be glad in the day that the Lord has made, even this day. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.